1: Recorded live. Peace and blessings, all praises to the Most High Almighty. We are here today with another Keys to the Kingdom Bible study, and today's lesson is going to be a continuation from imposter jesus this will be entitled my sheep hear my voice my sheep hear my voice before you listen to this uh, particular lesson i want to urge you to please listen to imposter jesus before listening to this particular uh, continuation because you will need many of the tools that that particular lesson will be utilized for the purpose of carrying carrying you over to this continuation of that lesson. For those of you who have been listening in, who have been supporters of us, for those of you who are new,
0: I would like to tell you a little bit about us before we get started.
1: We, I am Brother Priest. We are the Temple of the Most High, and we have the Keys to the Kingdom study group that we're opening up across the earth to be able to bring forth the true message of the Christ in a practical, realistic, down-to-earth point of view, as the time has become necessary, as the times that we're in it's become necessary
0: to do as we are commissioned to do. They say
1: many are called, few are chosen. But even fewer are charged. And we are a group of people
0: that are charged with the resurrection of this truth
1: and some of you that have been listening in that same charge is on you not for you to go out there alone and call yourself being a teacher and call yourself going to you know spread things out that you haven't yet properly studied, but for you to to work with us be with us for some of you to join us. Now, I'm a trainee of the Elders of the Order of Melchizedek, who were purists in the faith. And they trained a lot of us, not just me, but I was very diligent to them. I devoted my life to the path of truth. I devoted my life to the Most High Almighty and since i was a child ever since i can remember when i first started to read i was always i guess you could say emotionally attached to the bible seriously i always had this need to have this bible with me at all times ever since i can remember i would sleep with it i, would, I when i got older like when i get 17 and 18 years old, I I began to put the, the Bible underneath my pillow, but I used to sleep with it and hold it and hug it when I was six, seven, and eight years old. But some of you are waking up to this truth. And because you are waking up to this truth,
0: and you're new,
1: it's best that you be forewarned and be prepared for what you are going to face and the challenges that you are going to face because what is happening is the mind is being renewed for those of you who are hearing this, who are hearing the message. Your mind is being renewed. What is happening is you are feeling this burning desire to learn more. What's happening is you are being baptized with fire.
0: Just as the scriptures predict. So, as
1: always, I want to urge you to grab your King James Version of the Bible. That is the only version that we go by. It's either the King James 1611 Version with the Apocrypha or the King James Version.
0: Those are the ones that we utilize here. But as I put out this warning to you first, I want
1: to warn you that there are Pharisees that are walking in this truth or so-called walking in this truth. And I don't mean any disrespect to them. I'm not calling them out by name or by church or temple or group or what have you. But just understand that there are Pharisees that are, even in the truth, that have gotten away from the principles of the faith. And how you recognize them, the first way to recognize them is to understand that they can be hateful and and even bigoted and racist. And when you hear such speech, it's my advice to you, don't do what they do. Don't follow that. I believe that if you give yourself enough time
0: and you work with us here
1: to listen in with this study group, I believe that you will get the foundation that you need and you will therefore be able to see more clearly what you are dealing with as an adversary and opposers and, and naysayers. So there are a lot of people that are naysayers out there that don't believe that the Bible is real. They believe that it's a book of fairy tales. And actually in their defense, let me just say this in, in in those naysayers' defense, the way that the scriptures are being taught, it will turn some people off because the way it's being taught is, is in a fairy tale manner. The way that it's being taught, they're not actually teaching the scriptures. They're pulling things out of the scriptures and claiming that what they're teaching is what the scriptures represent. And 10 out of 10 times, it's just not true. And because those individuals don't know where else they can turn to learn, then they become disenchanted. And then they, you know, become like reprobates and proselytes. And they turn against the scriptures and, you know, They go a different route but that's because of how it has been presented to them and the adversary the Satan the satanic mind intentionally did this particularly to our people to turn them away from the truth so you got to keep that in mind when you're dealing with all these people All these people who want to come against the scriptures and villainize the Bible. I understand why they do this. Again, um, those of you who are identifying yourself today as Christians, no matter what denomination you come from, I urge you to pay careful attention. I'm going to share a number of scriptures with you today. You can write them down. You can go back and read them for yourself. I'm going to share with you some history, some historical uh, times and dates that you can verify. So then you don't have to take my word for it. And really what I'm sharing with you is not my word. It's really what I was taught. And what I was taught and what was passed down to me to share with you. At some point or other, when you're really studying anything, you become the very thing that you have been studying. If you're studying how to be a drug dealer, eventually you become a drug dealer. Well, if you're studying, how to be a servant of the almighty, eventually you become a true servant of the almighty. And that is what I have been for the majority of my life. And it does not make me anyone special. Uh, I'm just doing as I was commanded and charged to do. And I have joy in doing it. So Why are you hearing this message right now? Why are you, amongst all the people around you, why did this message come to you specifically and that there's something inside of you that is registering as truth that you've never heard before?
0: It's because
1: you are being baptized by fire. And that fire is located within the solar plexus of the body. And it's that burning desire for truth. It's a thirst at the same time that it is a hunger. And you are being baptized with that fire to want to know more. And then even... With you wanting to know more, what you're hearing, you kind of actually already know, and you're just being witness with it, with it because you've been away from this for some time. And as you're hearing it, register again with your spirit. You know, when they say try the spirit by the spirit, well, one of the things that you have to do, you got to try the spirit by the spirit to uncover and, and, and unveil truth. And wherever you find the truth, and that truth be it universal, it brings you to a universal comprehension, then you will know that you are at the place where you belong. But you know, you've been in the church, you've been going to um Bible study, you've been some of you been in temples and mosques and you know, or what have you, whatever walk of life you come from. But somehow this message has made it to you.
0: And somehow it's registered in your spirit. Well, I hope that what we
1: will share with you will give you further confirmation. That you really don't want to go out here and start listening to these racist, bigoted Pharisees, these um idol god worshipers that are just going to continue to put your mind in the clouds to where you won't be able to comprehend. Thank you To where you won't be able to comprehend. Make heads or tails of these scriptures because for the most part a lot of these different walks of life and religions and various church denominations, they don't really go in depth with the scriptures. You may hear more scriptures in this uh broadcast than you may have heard in your twenty plus years in the church and in
0: them being explained.
1: Why are you hearing this and no one else around you is hearing this? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So this day is as a thief in the night. And it's coming... To steal you, the truth is coming to steal you from the falsehood, from the deception, from the lies, from the idolatry. The truth has come to steal you from the wicked, diabolical plan of Satan that has continued to deceive this whole planet The last five hundred years.
0: So, let me give you a brief
1: background as to what was going on in Jerusalem and the land of Israel and Judah. some 2018 years ago, approximately 2,000 years ago. Let me give you some brief background as to what was taking place that you need to comprehend in order to move forward. First, there were three sects S-E-C-T-S. Sectors, maybe, of the faith of the Almighty. Now, people try to say that that faith was the Jewish religion. Well, you know that the one who's become known as Jesus was identified as a Jew, and he was, but he was of the tribe of Judah as the word Jew or the term Jew in the scriptures was referring to the tribe of Judah. And eventually the term Jew was being placed upon all the tribes of, of the children of Israel. But, uh, but essentially at its core, the term Jew really represents it's short for Judah or Yehuda in the in the Hebrew dialect, so when you see the term "jew" in the scriptures, it's talking about a tribe, it's talking about a tr- or or all of the tribes, but it's talking about actual bloodline relatives. so when you hear where it's being expressed that the one who's become known as Jesus was a Jew, yes, he was. Now, the faith that he followed, the faith that he was a part of, you're being taught that it became known as Christianity. Well, there were three sectors or sects of this faith. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, And the Essenes. Okay? E S E N E S. I think that's how you pronounce it, Essenes. If I mispronounce it, please forgive me. But what you need to understand about this is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were pretty much in opposition to the Essenes. Okay, the Pharisees were overly dogmatic. They were traditionalists. And they were so wrapped up in their own um, interpretations and different things about the faith that they were opposed themselves to the Sadducees and the Essenes. Well, the Sadducees were more focused on the relationship of the laws in relationship to government. And they even became so free with their thinking that they just started to make up all types of interpretations themselves whereas the pharisees were more stuck in their thinking they weren't as free thinking as broad thinking the the sadducees were more broad thinking but then they just start going in all these different directions with their interpretations of law now these scenes were different these scenes were purists they were sticking to the pure principles of the faith and they had a very solid comprehension of the culture and the way of life so they were the more pristine and clean thinking of the groups now when you want to understand Jesus And as they refer to him as Jesus of Nazareth. What you got to understand about Nazareth. There was a part of Nazareth that was consecrated. Now, there's also a part of Nazareth that was like a a ghetto. But there's a part of, of Nazareth that was consecrated, meaning it was set aside as a holy place. Now, within that holy place, that area, the people that were living there were all Essenes, or
0: Essenes, however you pronounce it.
1: And all the people that were there were brought up as purists. So understand that there's no coincidence that the one who's become known as Jesus was living there and growing up there and was studying there from the cradle. So his parents were the same. And they made sure that they were going to bring up this child. As he seen, so that he could fulfill his life's mission, as he was the first-born male child. But that's really, really critical to understand that 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 area that he grew up in, they were purists of the faith, and they spent their whole life. um, From the time of birth, coming up in the faith, in the pure culture. So this is why his hair was longer, um, because there's certain vows that you would take as a Nazarene to prepare you for the priesthood. And that's a short version of it, but I just wanted you to understand that first. So, again, the Pharisees were against the Sadducees and and the Essenes. So, when the one has become known as Jesus, once he gets on the scene and he begins his mission, they all know that he's one of these Essenes. They all know that he's one of these purists. And they have been antagonistic for a while with the other groups outside of them, the Pharisees were always antagonistic,
0: as you can imagine. Now, there's
1: one, uh, the Apostle Paul. Now, what you have to understand is about Paul. Paul was a Pharisee at one time, and Paul worked with the Roman government at one time. So all his life, they were antagonistic to those who were followers of the true faith. Now, these followers of the true faith, they became known as uh, legally known. Well, this is one of the terms I'm going to share with you. The followers of the way. Okay. The followers of the way. So... This whole idea about what the way is—it's the path to truth. Remember Jesus saying, "You know, you can't come unto the Father unless you come by way of Me," and this is this is the path. So, what he was what, what he's referring to is the path or the way. Now, how you say that would be using one simple word, Hebrew. Uh, Hebrew is translated to me like to cross over. That's one of the meanings that that it's translated to me. But understand, what do you, you you have to have a path to cross over with? To cross over to anywhere, you have to have a pathway. So the the followers of this faith, the Hebrew faith, were the followers of the path. They were the followers of the way. The one way to get to the truth of the almighty creator. Now, the Pharisees were particularly antagonistic against the Essenes. So when they see him coming and they know that he's one of them, and they know that he's a purist they don't understand what he learned and what he grew up in and what he was studying they don't fully understand it so when he's talking to them it's, it's almost like he's talking Chinese because they don't fully get it if you can imagine they're supposed to be coming from the same faith But it's just like if you have different denominations of of the Christian church today or the Christian religion, that you can meet up with some people in the same religion as you, but then they talk a little different, and you don't necessarily understand why they don't see things the way that you see them and how you were taught. Well, Well, it's kind of like that that was going on. So they didn't understand him, but understand he was a purist. He was one of the purists. So he had a a full grasp of what this whole faith and this whole truth was about. He wasn't dogmatic with it. And because he wasn't dogmatic, they really couldn't understand him. And they would consider him to be, uh, uh, to charge him with heresy and to be a heretic because they were so dogmatic. Anything that was not sounding exactly like what they said it should sound like was considered to be heresy to them. Now,
0: we covered this
1: with imposter Jesus, what I'm setting up for you, what I'm about to speak on, which was Paul has been charged, has been blamed, has been given credit as being the one who founded the Christian
0: religion. The
1: apostles are being charged as the ones who carried out the Christian religion. Now, you've been taught that it was Jesus, who started the Christian religion, and what you've been taught is he was a jew, so he so what you're thinking is what the people that call themselves Jewish today, you think that maybe he was like them, you think maybe he looked like them and he was like them. Maybe you think that well, let me just say to you, those Jewish people that you're seeing that you're calling Jewish, they did not become that until about a thousand years after he was gone. That whole Jewish Judaism religion is very similar to the Hebrew faith, but it is not exactly the same because a a great deal of those people are Yiddish, are German, Polish, Yiddish. So they added a lot of their culture in with the things that they got from the the faith. So what Jesus was doing was not like what the Jewish people today are doing. This is not a knock on them. This is not an attack on them. I just want to make that clear so that you see that in your mind. Additionally, what we covered last time was how Paul and the apostles, we were all sent out by Jesus to continue this work and spread the truth about what they were preaching. And every time Paul shows up somewhere in a different country, he's representing himself as a Hebrew. He is calling himself a Hebrew, and that's important to know. He was not identifying himself as a Christian. He was not teaching what you would consider today to be Christianity, so that is of vast importance, and you must
0: know this. So as he, Paul, was once a Pharisee, he was actually paying close
1: attention to those purists of the faith because of his antagonism at first. So what ends up happening is after Jesus is no longer on the scene, he survives the, uh, the crucifixion. He goes on and he teaches the apostles to carry this message on. And they're going on and he already prepared his disciples and apostles for what was going to occur because he saw what was happening. He saw what was happening. He could see what was going to happen. And he told them about it. And he told them, he warned them what was going to happen. And so as Paul is carrying on
0: the message, as Paul is teaching the Hebrew faith, Rome is going across killing
1: Hebrews they outlawed being a Hebrew they outlawed being a follower of the path a follower of the way they outlawed it it became illegal for them to be Hebrews so what they did was they legally classified Hebrews as Hebrew Christians okay Now, what you have got to understand,
0: use your reasoning mind.
1: If Paul, if Jesus and the apostles established Christianity, particularly Christianity as you know it today, why is it that Christianity is controlled by Rome, by the Roman Catholic Church of today, has been controlled by Rome since the time of Jesus and even before Jesus, because there was a Christianity that existed before Jesus, why is it that the people that they claim started this, why were they killing them for spreading that message and then turn around and say, that they founded that church, the Roman Catholic Church, the church period, because all churches come from the original Roman church. I hope to give you some information about how the church is split today, so please pay very careful attention. So they kill the people that they say were the founders of it, and then they take credit they give them credit, the ones that they killed for, for starting the religion. And then they take control over it and say that the people that they killed
0: were the founders. When we go
1: in the scriptures and show you last week that Paul was preaching the Hebrew faith, he was not preaching Christianity as you know of it as today and even yesterday. He was not Jesus was not preaching Christianity. The apostles were not preaching Christianity. That's important to know. Now, if you've never heard this, like I said, if you are tuning in and you haven't heard the, the predecessor to this, uh, this lesson, this may hurt you to hear this, but you really need to go and listen to imposter Jesus because the whole thing was, that there was a Jesus imposter there's an imposter that they set up to pose and look as though it was the real Jesus and you need that tool to be able to comprehend where we are today and how I'm going to go into this history and scripture and show you more of what happened so the Romans were killing all of the Hebrews. It was illegal for you to be a Hebrew, to to, to keep that way of life. To, it was illegal for you to teach it. And therefore, Peter and Paul in particular, as really the spearhead of spreading the Hebrew faith, they were sought after by the Romans. Now, during that time, the Caesar that was in power during the life of Jesus, or Yeshua in the Hebrew dialect, was Tiberius Caesar Augustus. So Tiberius was the Caesar that was in power, and he reigned from 14 a.d. to 37 a.d.
0: That is important to know.
1: And you have to keep this in mind that when the crucifixion, the death penalty was implemented on Jesus, Yeshua when the when the death penalty was carried out on the Hebrews and Peter and Paul and the the disciples and the Apostles when that was carried out Tiberius was the one who was the Caesar who was in control And then after he dies, it gets a little cloudy as to who was, was ruling at that time. But it's important to know that Tiberius was not a bloodline uh, Caesar. He was adopted into um, by Augustus Caesar. He was adopted by Augustus as his adopted son. And so when Augustus was gone, then Tiberius takes over. So 37 AD, they're from 37 AD to like 65 AD, they're killing Hebrews. They're putting them in prison, they're, and then they're putting them to death. The Romans are. But when you get to where Peter and Paul were last taken into custody and into custody and executed. Now the remaining Hebrews were angry. So angry because a lot of them were in different countries, surrounding countries. They were so angry that the ones that were in the land of Israel, Judah, they got into a all out war with the romans so in history is called the roman jewish war which is really a misnomer because a lot of the historians of today don't understand the difference between jewish and hebrew and christian if you don't have the key points in history You can't understand it properly.
0: So let me take you to the words of Yeshua and show you where his mind
1: was at and what he knew was to come. So we're going to go to matthew chapter 24 now this particular chapter is really critical to comprehend that he's speaking about what happened what was going on presently and what was going to happen in the future so this is part um trying to get the people that he was around to understand what was going on right then and what was going to be happening in the immediate future just like the future of what he was about to face and then what will be happening for some time after that so as we read this Matthew chapter 24 I hope you will hear exactly what was on his mind but you have to keep in mind he's talking about current events he's talking about the near future that was about to happen and he's talking about the future that was going to be happening long after he was gone so beginning at verse 1 and reads as follows and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show in the buildings of the temple hold that let me just say this he had 70 disciples and two alternates out of the 70 and the two alternates he called forth 12 of the disciples to send them out as apostles now the difference between a disciple and an apostle is a a disciple is a student Uh, an apostle is one who's graduated and been given the charge and the authority to go preach the message. Because they fully comprehend it, they get it. You follow me? Okay. Reads on as follows. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? So hold that. So he's talking about what's going on around them right now. Reads on. Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Hold that. So he's telling them, you know, where we are right now, uh, they're going to destroy this really soon. It's coming. Reads on. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? and the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Hold that. Now, when he's talking about take heed that no man deceives you, he's talking about when they come to get me, when they come to to, to try to kill me,
0: to execute me, this deception
1: is already going on. They already got this planned. They're already trying to deceive people right now. And although you all have not heard this yet, keep your eyes open. Cause they're going to come and they're going to try to deceive you. It reads on as follows. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. Hold that. See, he knows that they're already set up to deceive the true followers and to deceive the people in the future. He knows that they're going to try to hijack the truth and they eventually did. So he's warning them that they're going to come looking to kill you just like they are trying to kill me. So I'm warning you. Be prepared and don't be deceived because they're going to come with this alternative doctrine. They're going to claim it's what I was teaching and they're going to all claim that they're, they're the Christians and that they're following the real truth. Don't be deceived. Reads on. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Hold that. The way this is being taught by churches is that this was supposed to be something that was going to happen in the future, that there's wars and rumors of wars. But let me show you why this is, this what he's saying here is not supposed to come in the future. What he's saying is it, it, it was the future, the present future for him but not in the end times. What he says here is, but the end is not yet. So he's telling them the end of what is about to happen. When you start hearing about these wars, because they're talking about going, you know, starting up troubles. Now the Hebrews are already, you know, at odds with the Romans anyway, because they're enslaved in their own land. But when they actually have wars, and you start hearing about it, that's not the end. All of that stuff has to happen, but that is not the end. Reads on as follows. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. So, again, they try to put your mind in the future, like this would be, the times you're living in now. He's not addressing the times that we're living in now as of yet, but he will address that very soon. You'll see. So all of these things were taking place during the time that he was walking the earth and he's preparing them that they're about to bring in that whole false religion. And then they're going to blame it on me. They're going to blame it on Paul. Reads on. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So again, that is the beginning. What's about to take place in our present future, that's the beginning of it. It's not nowhere near the end. Reads on as follows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now he's telling them, you're going to start hearing about wars. You're going to start seeing these earthquakes and these famines and all these things going on. It's about to happen really soon, and this is the beginning of it. And as soon as these things start to happen, they're going to come and start snatching up these Hebrews and they're going to start killing them for my name's sake, meaning they're going to start killing you for following this truth and then they're going to switch. They're going to do a sleight of hand with this faith. He already sees this coming. They're going to do a sleight of hand and they're going to make the people believe That what they took control over and started propagating, that idol God worship that they're enforcing on on this land right now, they're going to go enforce that all over the world. And when that starts happening, it's about to happen now, and when that starts, that's the beginning of the sorrows. That's not the end of the world. That's the beginning of it. That's important to remember. Reads on as follows. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. he's talking about where that was the beginning, where he was at at that time because and because of iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold, but he that endureth unto the end. This is going to go on for some time, but you got to endure and preserve what I'm teaching you until the end. The same shall be saved. Now, listen. To be saved as he's using it means to be salvaged from all of that which is about to come and take place. We're just at the beginning of it. This is the beginning of it. But you got to teach your babies and pass this truth on. Because those that are coming in the future are going to be salvaged from all this carnage and all these lies and deception that is about to take place. As soon as they come to get me, they're coming after you too. Reads on as follows. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Hold that. Listen. So the beginning was what was going on in his time.
0: The end was that
1: when you see the signs of the end of it, this is how you recognize that the end is coming. That you're going to go through a whole lot of uh, affliction, a whole lot of deception. People are going to be killed in my name. But this gospel, this message that I'm sharing with you, before all of this stuff ends, this gospel has to be taken to the whole planet, to the whole world unto all the nations, not to all the nations of people, but to all the nations of the people that were scattered from the children of Israel. I'll leave that there. We'll come back to that later. And when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whatsoever readeth let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Hold that. Judea was alive during the time he was walking the earth. So what he's telling them is these Romans are going to start conjuring up this idol God worship even more. They're going to come seize me and then they're going to blame it on me. They're going to try to switch us. They're going to give you an imposter. They're going to to give you a false idol God. And those of you that are amongst me right now, when they come and start killing these Hebrews, you who are
0: right here in Judea, you go flee in the mountains. Now, listen to how he tells
1: them what's going to happen right then. Verse 17, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Hold that. So basically, look, when you start seeing this come and they're coming to kill all of you, just drop everything and flee. Get out of here. Reads on as follows. And woe unto them that are with child, and let them give suck in those days, and them that give suck in those days, but pray that ye your and pray ye that your flight is not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall, be a, then shall be great tribulation. Hold that. When is this great tribulation going to happen? When these Romans start coming after them after Yeshua is gone, and they're going to start coming after the rest of you Hebrews to kill you. That's when this thing is going to begin. That is the beginning of the sorrows, and that is be- the beginning of this great tribulation. It reads on as follows. Well it reads as follows for then shall be great tribulation such as what such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Listen, I know that the church is teaching you that this tribulation that he's talking about here it was coming in the so-called end times. As I'm explaining it to you, hopefully you can see that this tribulation that he's talking about is not the end time tribulation. That's not the end time tribulation. That's the beginning of sorrows. And unless those days be cut short for the elect's sake is what he's talking about. Now, when did this occur? Now, he is gone from the scene around 33 AD. Tiberius Caesar Augustus is still in rule. So he was part of the sanctioning body that actually gave the authority for the governors of Judah and Israel and Jerusalem and all of that to carry out the death penalty on him. So he knew, Tiberius knew, and in all actuality, he probably wanted it to happen, but he knew what was going on and he didn't do anything to stop it. That's just like if Donald Trump today um, was speaking for one of your governors, whatever state you're in, whoever your state governor is, and the governor, even today, is given the authority. Like I'm in Texas right now, so in Texas, the death penalty is alive. So the governor of Texas will be given the authority to carry out the death penalty. And if the, and if Donald Trump was talking about it nationally, he would know about it. You he you you can rest assured that the president would know what every um, death penalty was to be carried out in the country because there's not like this is happening every single day where they're putting somebody to an actual death penalty, um, or a crucifixion. So he would know, okay. Now, except and except those days should be shortened. There should no flesh be saved. Hold that. Now he's talking to Hebrews. He's saying, they're going to come after you for my name's sake you go flee into these mountains flee from this city and go into these mountains and and get out of here save as many of you as you can but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened so he's telling you what's about to take place right in the near future he's not talking about thousands of years from now he's talking about right in his near future that those days the beginning of the sorrow were to be shortened. Now when did that happen? Beginning in 65 to 66 AD, the Roman Jewish War. They had been killing Hebrews from 33 AD all the way up through 65, 66 AD when um, Paul is out there, Peter and Paul are out there from that time. They're in all of the apostles, they're preaching this truth. They're preaching the Hebrew faith. And they know that people are being put to death for it. They know that the faith has been outlawed by Rome. And they know what Yeshua warned them of, was that they're going to come with some idol God worship, false religion, and they're going to blame me for it. They're going to put this on me. He sees that this is what's going on right there. And so these days that were shortened was from 30, excuse me, was from 66 AD to 70 AD, the Roman Jewish War. It was a short war, a four-year war. And they've already been warned about it. Reads on as follows. If, then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. You see that? He's talking to them right then. He knows that this is coming. Reads on. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. They were deceiving a whole lot of people with this conversion, this trickery, this, this switch, this sleight-of-hand trick that they did with the Hebrew faith and Christianity. It reads on as follows. Behold, I have told you before. You hear that? So he's told you already what's about to happen in that immediate time the beginning of sorrows. But he's also telling you that when that begins, you go flee. Those days are going to be cut short, but you go flee. As many of you get out of here and and run from these Romans as possible. Now I've already warned you about what's about to happen. Now he's going to go into further explaining what's going to happen. Reads on. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, behold, he is in the desert. Go not forth. Now, what he's talking about, they're going to be coming preaching that, I'm, that, that, um, that they're preaching in my name. The Romans are going to come saying that they're, claiming, they're preaching in my name. They're preaching Christ, that they were friends of Christ and all these different things. They're going to come preaching this to you. And wherever they tell you to go, do not follow. Don't listen to it. Don't believe it. Reads again, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go now forth, behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Hold that. Now, there's all types of people all over this planet in the name of their so-called religion claiming that they got the secret chambers, the secret pronunciation of the names of the Almighty, the secret this, the secret that. Believe it not not
0: I'm giving this to you my
1: disciples you preserve it I'm giving it to you my apostles you preserve it don't deviate from this don't be fooled by them coming claiming my name and and claiming that this is my religion and it is not For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now hold that. He's telling you what's going on over
0: there in the east. The beginning of sorrows. This tribulation. On behalf
1: of this truth. This is going to go on and continue in the West. Now, why is he saying this? Let me tell you specifically why he's saying the West. He knows that there's Israelites over in the Western Hemisphere. So he knows that eventually this same truth that he's talking to these Israelites, these, these Hebrews that are present with him. Now he knows that this is going to go and be heard all the way over into the western hemisphere and that when you see that happening then you want to know this specifically what he's about to say listen verse 28 for wheresoever the carcass is there will be there will the eagles be gathered together hold that Listen the Roman Empire had as their their symbol on the staff of the Roman generals was an eagle America has on the back of its dollar bills its money everybody knows that the bald eagle is the symbol of the United States of America. Why? Because the United States of America is the revived or part of the revived Roman Empire. And wherever you see that ego, you should know that these are the same Romans. Now, he's telling them what's about to happen in the future. What, that these same Romans that are going to be killing our people, they're going to go over to the West. When they see us rising up again, and they're going to go over there and start killing the people. And then you're going to see a bunch of our carcasses, a bunch of our dead bodies. Wherever these eagles are, they're going to be a bunch of dead bodies of Hebrews. Wherever these eagles are gathered together, they're going to be a bunch of dead bodies. Now that's in reference to Deuteronomy 28:48, which excuse me, 2849, which reads as follows: "The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand." So these same Romans that were in Europe. Some of them up in the mountains, and they came down. They were represented as their symbol by the eagle. He's telling them that they're going to come to come at you right now, and they're going to kill a whole lot of you and, and for my name's sake, for the, for the sake of the truth of this faith. And then they're going to go over to the west, when they start seeing those in the West who are already there, a whole lot of them are already there, but there's gonna be more coming over there, and they're gonna start going over there and killing them. And then here's what he says once they gather together, here's what he says, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, now he's talking about the future, now this is a different tribulation. The first part was the beginning of sorrows. Now the second part was after these, these eagles have started killing all of you. you go, the days are shortened when you go, you're going to go through this war. You're going to flee into the mountains. Flee from Judea. Then here comes another tribulation. With these same Romans coming at you immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Hold that. Now listen to me good. This tribulation
0: that he's talking about,
1: Was going to be the beginning of what is known of as today as the transatlantic slave trade listen to me carefully the hebrews had fled into different parts of africa the ones that were fighting the war with the romans a lot of them got killed the ones that got captured some of them were taken captive into slavery back in 66 AD and all of that and they were taken over into England as slaves. A whole lot of them, over a million of them that heard his warning, they fled into Africa when that war started, just like he told them to. Some of them, the Levite priests, fled into slavery South parts of South Africa the bulk of the rest of them they fled into West Africa in Central North and West Africa in various parts and then some spilled over from West Africa into
0: Spain but they were fleeing from the Romans 1492 A.D. Listen to me carefully.
1: The Hebrews who are who are marked innate in, in um, history, they're called the Morenos M-A-R-A-N-O-S. They're also called Moorish Jews of Spain these were the
0: hebrews they were dark
1: complected woolly hair meaning hair like sheep's wool like the the north american negro has what they call nappy hair that's woolly hair tight curled has weight to it it has significant
0: weight hair like
1: sheep's wool. These were the Hebrews that fled into Africa to hide from the Romans. And for them to be able to hide from the Romans, they had to look like Africans. And because Africans and Hebrews had dark skin and woolly hair, it would be very difficult for them to find us in Africa amongst the Africans. So they were there and there was continued wars going on between the Israelites, the Hebrews and the, and the the Romans and everywhere they would find us, they would continue this on and on and on wars, little wars, tiny wars. And then they found that we were, that a lot of us were in Spain and they found that the tribe of Judah, a lot of the priests of the tribe of Judah, a lot of the prophets of the tribe of Judah were in Spain. A lot of the wise men were in Spain.
0: So the ones that took over rulership, Ferdinand and Isabella, they took over rulership of Spain. They alerted the Romans. Hey, there's these Moorish
1: Jews over here. And Ferdinand and Isabella kicked them out of Spain in July of 1492. And this was what was going to begin that tribulation of those days. Listen. July of 1492. Immediately after those the tribulation that was about that was going to be in those days the sun will be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven three months later from the beginning of july 1492 october i believe it was october 12th 1492. What is it? What is he describing here? What he's actually describing, brothers and sisters, is a lunar eclipse.
0: The sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. A lunar eclipse
1: occurred October 12, 1492. Immediately after the beginning of the tribulation of those days, the sun was darkened. The moon did not give her light. Three months later, after July of 1492, there was a lunar eclipse. October 12, 1492. Reads on. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven.
0: And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn. So when this lunar eclipse was happening, this is the sign of the son of man in heaven. And the tribes, the children of
1: Israel, that were scattered all over the earth at this time, are going to start mourning and why are they mourning because this tribulation of those days was the transatlantic slave trade it reads on as follows and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory now if you don't understand what he's saying this can be really
0: tricky this sign that appears in heaven and this, the son of man that he's talking about that's appearing in heaven are things that are happening in the
1: clouds such as solar and lunar eclipses that show great power Now, while you're seeing this great power occur, these
0: tribes are going to be in mourning. Now, during that time, that transatlantic slave trade
1: was going to begin the 400 years that was prophesied to Abraham. Nor of shorty Genesis 15 and 13. That thy seed will be a stranger in a strange land, it shall be
0: afflicted for 400 years.
1: And it reads on as follows, verse 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together. His elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Hold that. This is talking about that there was going to be a tribulation of those days. You're going to see the signs that are coming into heaven. All the tribes are going to be in mourning. They're going to go through a tribulation then. And then after that, these angels were going to come. With the sound of a great trumpet. And that these angels that were going to come, they were going to gather together the elect that Yeshua was preaching to from 2,000 years before, telling them to go flee from these people but keep this faith. Keep it for the elect's sake. The wise men, the ones who are, when we're talking about the elect, let me make this clear. What do you do? What does elect mean? Does it mean you're just smart or wise? No, it means that there are, it's relative to an
0: election. When you go and cast a vote, you're electing somebody to hold a position of trust. You're electing them to hold this position of trust so that they can carry out specific duties
1: and uphold those duties So the elect that these angels, with this great sound of a trumpet, were going to gather
0: together
1: with those who have preserved the principles and the purity of the faith. Now listen to me good.
0: These angels are messengers. And the sound
1: of a trumpet was going to be the sound of this truth that was going to be blasting through and speaking to the spirit and to the mind, body, and soul of the elect who was scattered throughout the earth after those days of tribulation, the tribulation of those days, after the signs of this lunar eclipse and all these things going on in the heavens above after the transatlantic slave trade and the affliction of these 400 years then these angels these messengers were going to come and sound this
0: truth and the elect are going to hear it
1: those who have the pure hearts the clean hearts who have preserved the principles doesn't matter where they are It it doesn't matter if you're in the church. You're hearing this, and what it's doing to you is restoring your memory. And you're hearing this great sound
0: of truth, and you're being baptized
1: with fire as you want to recover your memory of what took place as you hear the sound of his voice
0: because you are the lost sheep that hear his voice you are the elect that are baptized with fire
1: and you are the ones that we are here as messengers from the Almighty to sound this truth, to gather you together once again. I'm going to jump down to verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only, But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now hold that, because you have to know that when he's referring to the Son of Man, that this is is a cold saying. It's like it's encoded. You want to understand it, because what the Romans are going to teach you, that that it's talking about himself. The term son of man in the days that when he walked the earth was a term to just basically reference you, reference a a common group of people. I'm going to give you the introductory understanding. It was almost like saying a normal human being, the son of man. He wasn't referring to himself as the son of man. He's referring to himself as a son of man. Listen. He's trying to play down. He's not trying to deify himself. He's just saying, look, I'm just. An average everyday individual. Which we know he wasn't, but. It's like saying that. But it's in reference to the children of Israel. Whenever you see the son of man and it's like he's talking in third person, the reason why he's talking in third person is because he's talking about when the children of Israel, he's talking about the children of Israel collectively. Now listen, I know that's difficult to stomach, but just bear with me, just reason with me is reason with it. You will see that he's always talking about the, the son of man in third person. And he's always talking about the son of man because he's putting himself as one of the children of Israel.
0: <coughs> <coughs> he's referring to himself
1: as one of the children of Israel. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day of Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now what he's talking about is the resurrection of the son of man, the children of Israel, which precedes the second coming of the Christ. Listen, the coming of the son of man, the children of Israel returning to who they are, proceeds the second coming of the Christ. That time is as today, where these people are fornicating their brains out. They've lost all their values. Their wife swapping. It's just like the time that was here before Noah and the flood of Noah. And what he's telling you is, when you start seeing them do these things, you don't know the exact time that things are going to happen, but you know the signs of the times. And these are the signs of the times that you're going towards the end of this world. That's when you will know that the end is coming. And I'm saying to you, hopefully you can see that the son of man, the children of Israel collectively are the body of the Christ. Just as the temple, or what they would say in church, they would call it the church. The temple is the kingdom.
0: Representing the kingdom.
1: Just hold that. I'll come back to that at another time. Read on as follows. Verse 40. "Then Then shall two be in the field The one shall be taken and the other left. Hold that. That is the time we are in today. The resurrection of the coming of the son of man, the children of Israel. That was going to be after the tribulation of those days, the transatlantic slave trade, the signs in the heavens. It was going to be after that, and then these angels with this truth that have preserved the purity of the faith, the purity of the true message. They were going to start sounding out a loud truth like it's a trumpet, and it will be so loud that you'd be able to hear it if you're the elect, but if you're not be able to hear it, you will not be able to hear it if you're not the elect. It's not for them that are not the elect to hear. It is for you. And you'll be standing in the field. You'll be standing in the church. You'll be standing in the mosque or the temple or wherever you are in whatever walk of life you're at. You might be in the military. You might be in the pulpit. And you're going to hear this truth coming. You're going to hear that trumpet blowing from these messengers. and you're going to be standing next to people and you're going to hear it and be taken away. And the other one that's standing next to you is going to be left right where they're standing.
0: They're not going to hear the call.
1: They're not going to be interested. At least maybe not at that time when you hear it. The on as follows: Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. What does that mean? That means when you hear this sound of truth, you answer that sound, you gather together, you come back and get your memory back, you get your truth back as to who you are. You have been lost. You are the lost sheep.
0: And then when you start doing
1: that, then you start looking for the Lord to come. You don't know what hour. But after this truth is going to be, remember what he said, once this gospel is being preached to the whole world, then the end will come. So after these angels blow this trumpet of truth, and these elects start to wake up again, and they start to gather together again, then the message, the gospel, the true message is going to start to go out and spread all over the world, and then the end will come, and that's when you should be looking for the Lord. This is who
0: you are. And if you
1: made it this far in this Bible study, if you made it this far in this Bible study and you feel that baptism of fire and you feel that truth resonating with your spirit, with your very soul, you know that this is the day that the Son of Man is coming forth To prepare the way the children of Israel are being resurrected the elect are being resurrected to come spread this true message all over the world you are the true Apostles to carry on that which was started over 2,000 years ago that which was foreseen by Yeshua to be preached, to be preserved by a group of people. And it reads on as follows But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, Be ye also ready for such an hour as ye think not the son of man cometh. So when is a faithful and wise servant? So then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord have made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season.
0: Listen. Some of this may be very difficult for you to grasp. Some of you are wrestling with it, but you
1: still find something in it that you know you want to grasp onto. Why is that? Because you are the good man and you are the good woman. You were the watchman over The principles, which is why I started off leading today, talking to you about don't be fooled by these Pharisees and these bigots and these racists that are trying to show you reverse racism and all of this and hatred for others in the name of truth. We suffered for this truth, but we don't have to villainize and hate other people. We are not to be racist or bigots towards any people. Just because we are the true children of Israel does not mean that we have to hate other people. Does not give us the right to be racist or bigots. That is not what this is about. But the precedence that was set forth some 2000 years ago that we were warned that we were told what was going to come. And we were told the specific events that we should be looking out for. And we were told to preserve this thing. Well, I'm telling you that my teachers, the elders of the order of Melchizedek were purists and that they were some of those very souls that preserved this and brought this to this country even surpassing all the transatlantic slave trade, all the death, doom, and destruction that we suffered through the tribulation of those days. Even with all these different religions, through Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, the black Panthers and all of these different walks of life. Marcus Garvey, great men, great people, We love and respect them, but this truth had to be preserved,
0: and they delivered it
1: to a group of us who would be those messengers to sound this trumpet of truth, to call forth and gather once again the elect. Those of you who were charged with a duty, and you were sitting in your churches, and you were going to church every week, going to church three and four times a week, or going to your mosque or your temple, wherever you were from, and you were actually waiting on that trumpet. You knew that this truth was coming, and you didn't even know what, how you knew it. When you heard this, you didn't even know how you knew it was coming because it wasn't being taught in your church. You just knew that something was missing and that you were waiting
0: on it to happen.
1: So when I'm saying some of these things, just registering with you as though you already knew it, and it's like it's second nature to you. It's because you are the elect, and it was second it is second nature to you.
0: So what do you do?
1: If you're in the church right now? Does that mean you should just quit your church and no, I'm not saying
0: that. But
1: If you hear this sound and you don't have a church home or you hear this sound and you want to work and help spread this truth, you need some keys. You need some tools and you need to reconnect with your true self and to stay to show thyself approved that you can come and be a laborer for the almighty and to be a laborer for Yeshua and to spread the truth as we were told to do and as it was prophesied would happen
0: to the whole world. And this truth is
1: the voice of the Christ. This truth is the voice of the Almighty. This truth are for those who are the lost sheep. This truth are for those lost sheep who hear this truth, who hear his voice. We have Keys of the Kingdom Bible Study Group. We have a Fishers of Men outreach program that we are being about the work of our Father. Prison ministry, going out to feed the hungry, to help the needy, to clothe the naked, to heal the sick and the shut-in, to raise the spiritually dead, to raise the blind, deaf, and dumb, the spiritually blind, deaf, and dumb, to heal them.
0: And if you hear this message,
1: and if you don't have a church home, and if you do have a church home, and you want to come study with the keys to the kingdom, and you want to come study and work with us in our Fishes and Men program to go spread this good news through the whole planet. Find someone who knows someone that can point you to us to come on board and be a laborer for the almighty. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 15 through 17. From verse 15 through 17, as the father knoweth me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, not a thousand different denominations, not a thousand different separate churches with different ideologies, philosophies, not a thousand different religions.
0: One fold.
1: Therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Jump down to verse 26. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And through all the trials and tribulations that we've gone through, through the continued murders of our people. In America have you ever asked yourself why is it that these so-called black people are being targeted by police they're being murdered it's because they don't know who they are anymore they're the lost sheep they're being persecuted they're in the time of tribulation and if they bring their life back to the truth no man shall pluck them out of the hand of the Christ. Thank you for listening.